Houston fans, Brian Ching, you're listening to Dynamics. Yo, 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 it's your boy G-Man and the OG OSG. What's good, man? Yo, 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 what's up with you, man? I know you hate that intro. <laughs> I fucking hate it. <laughs> We're starting. We're starting our fifteenth yeah. show with, with fireworks. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what's more important. This is the big five zero in season one. Start from scratch, man. Monumental episode, episode fifty, episode fifty. So I am excited about it. And of course, we have exciting news today. But no you know what? First, let, let's point out that you know the Astros won the World Series. Uh, I believe you were at that game, and then the parade was yesterday morning. Today is Tuesday. The parade was yesterday morning. So, you know, good times in Houston right now. Good times in Houston. Yeah, I was blessed to uh, get a standing room ticket for game six. And, yeah, uh, the parade was yesterday. Over 2 million people showed up, OSG. It started in the heart of downtown, and it went all through Midtown, dude. It's insane insane almost two miles dude it's it's ridiculous I it is want... ridiculous because i heard it was twice as big as the the first world series we ever won it was only a million this one's six years later and it's freaking over two million people just i bet it was insane and i i caught heat for not being there so whatever i wish i was but i was there with i was there at heart yeah it it stinks because like the kids got off, but the parents were kind of screwed, you know. <laughs> like, if you can call it <laughs> great, but <laughs> I used the vacation day to go, you know. So, uh, who's gonna babysit my children today? <laughs> exactly, dude. Exactly. So, but no, hopefully, no, <laughs> <laughs> no, um, hopefully, uh, that is the type of energy and future that. It's in store for us, you know, the Dynamo faithful, right? Uh, we we want to see some of that Astros Orange come to PNC and and to and for that to happen, Pat Onstad had to knock out the head coach hire out of the park this second time go round, right? That was one of the main objectives for this offseason. And today we we found out, or we found out a, a while ago, but it wasn't confirmed till this morning. Uh, by the, the Houston Dynamo communications team that the Houston Dynamo, your Houston Dynamo has appointed former DC United head coach Ben Olsen as the head coach for for our Dynamo. Uh, he, it, they, they market, they as in the team, markets this as a new era in, in, in the Houston Dynamo. And being this is our 5-0 episode, we have a special guest for y'all, uh, our boy Pupas, who is the host of the Twitter spaces, the Somo 713 Twitter spaces, joins us tonight uh, to speak on, on this hiring and, and, and the outlook on the team and how he's feeling. And and I love him because he he gives you how he really feels and doesn't hold back. And, and, and that's what I love. So Pupas, welcome to the show. And and do you have any any comments, any feelings on this Ben Olsen hiring? Uh, do you have cliff notes? <laughs> uh, no, no cliff notes. Just, just my my good old brain here. So, thank you for having me on. First of all, um, hope you guys are having a great. You know, enjoying your Tuesday afternoon, Tuesday night, 
And of course, the Astros winning the World Series very happy. You know, I'm not a baseball guy myself. I was really, really happy to see the trophy being lifted in Houston. Of course, unfortunately, wasn't able to make make it to the. Um, it was very, it was very um, exciting to exciting to see that. And um, yeah, about the hiring of Ben Olsen, was a, I in my my opinion, it was it was a bit, bit underwhelming. Of course, been knowing this for a while, the sign what, what the sign would be, but. In my opinion, I would have expected someone a bit more caliber and more, you know, red, bigger resume. Like, you know, we are thinking the name of Tata Martino, Kuka Mohamed. But, you know, we, we end up with Ben Olsen, which was a uh, out, bit of an outsider when we are Dynamo Insider. When we were first talking about this, he never, um, he's, he himself didn't think that he was going to get the job. So that's why he never in, in, in the he ever tweeted about it so and and then eventually at one one day it, it, and, and everything ended up changing here we are so yeah it's, I think that it wasn't a signing that I wanted but you know, he has experience and everything and it was exciting that we all it's a, it's a sign that we didn't want but he it's He he has plenty of experience, plenty of experience, and he's got ten years of MLS experience. And yeah, like you said, he wasn't a he wasn't a coach that everybody was expecting. He wasn't a name that was on the list of, of everybody was looking at. He I mean, he didn't even wasn't even on the list until it was uh, sourced out that he was going to become the coach of the Houston Dynamo. And you know, there's there, there's a lot to take in here, but at the same time, there wasn't a lot of uh, a lot of Let's just say there wasn't as much backlash as there was when uh, Nagamore was hired, and then going through the season, as the more backlash he would just grew and grew. So uh, I'm optimistic, and I'm looking I'm looking forward to the season. But you know that that's that's OSG being OSG all the time. But you know I'm I'm forever orange. But you know I guess let's get into it, right? Yeah, please, man. I was gonna say that is OSG being OSG. You know what what. <laughs> What makes you and I'll, and I'll let me tell you how the Dynamo are selling this, and then you tell me why you're optimistic. Yeah, absolutely. In in the interest of keeping it different, right? Because obviously the instant reaction is uh, negative, you know. So the Houston Dynamo are selling this as he's a proven winner, right? And he and and you touched on it. He ranks this, and I'm I'm reading this straight from the Houston Dynamo ranks among the top 10 coaches in regular season victories with 113. So he's in the top 10 number of wins. He led DC United to the postseason six times. One of eight coaches to reach that mark. 29 overall. Right, and, and, <laughs> and real quick, when you say that, he reached, the, he reached the postseason six times. So he coached 11 seasons with the DC United. The first season, the the head coach was fired and he took over. So he finished right. off the season. So he can, that's a wash. Okay. And then the last season was 2020 was the, was the, you know, the, the COVID season was a shortened season and he did not make the playoffs. So that leaves you nine seasons. He made the playoffs in six and he didn't make it in three. And in one of those three that he didn't make the playoffs, he won the MLS Open Cup. So even though his team sucked 
horribly, but somehow he still won the cup. Yeah, continue. Okay. The other marketing point that they use is that his resume as a player, right? Because he is a DC United legend, right? Two MLS Cups, three Supporter Shields, and the CONCACAF Champions Cup in 1998. So, in my opinion, part of the reason he stayed at DC so long is because he is a club legend, right? Um, And lastly, and I think this is just, you know, trying to sell it to us any way they possibly can off the field. They they credit him or they include in his resume, you know, credit for the Washington spirit. Uh, he joined them in 2021. And obviously, you know that last year they were the champ of N- NWSL. So they're putting that on his resume on a reason why they hired him. So that's how the Dynamo is selling Ben Olsen to us. So you already touched on your arguments in, in terms of the uh, basically six out of nine, essentially, or six out of eight uh, seasons that he, yes. he went, take out the COVID and take out his first year. So six out of eight that he six qualified. Six out of nine, yeah. Six out of nine that he qualified for the playoffs. What what else has you excited about this, OSG? Well, I'm, uh, what else has me excited? That just – so let's just – so he's been with D.C. for 22 years. He played for 11, and then he coached for 11. Uh, and he, he came straight out of college from University of Virginia and went straight into D.C. as a rookie. Uh, he was allocated to that team because back then there wasn't a draft or whatever like that. But, you know, he did 11 as a player. He he was on the World Cup team in 06. He made the Gold Cup team. He won the Gold Cup in 05. You know, he's, he's done a lot as a player, and he's – He's a really good player, and then it's, it's, and then coaching at the same time. He, you know, he just you you went six winning seasons. He won the cup in the season that he had a horrible year. Uh, it, he's a he's a players coach, and you just, I mean, I know DC DC people love him. Of course, he's been there for twenty two freaking years. They're gonna they're gonna love him, and it's just a you know of course, but. Dolly, 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 Dynamo. <laughs> Dolly, 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 Houston Dash. We are one club. Oh, sorry. It was it, the, the, hiring in, the hiring in a lot more, um, a bigger name in the club, but he does have experience. Ten years of manager experience in the MLS. He's won the Open Cup. He's gone to the playoffs multiple times. So that is something that we can take. But in my opinion, I don't think he can, he'll take us to MLS Cup. And, you know, I think he'll, he'll probably get us to the playoffs when we go back past the first round. But, of course, we have to take into account that um, he he was not a – he was not given enough resources at D.C. United. So, um, yeah, you, we have to take that into account as well. So we're, hopefully if we give him the resources, that he'll be able to do much better than he did at D.C. United. And, you know, he can improve this winning record because his winning record is just – it's not it's not great. It's more losses than wins from what I've seen. So, I don't know. what he, If you guys have that same feeling about that, I would have wanted a Tata or Turko Mohamed. But, you know, I think Ben Olsen, you know, that's – it's a bit of back to your, back to the earth side. So I just mentioned it in Hinchada before this show started while we were all listening to Glenn Davis. And and Ben Olsen, actually, I 
when you, when you look at the bigger picture, I, I, I really feel like he fits in the role that we need him to be in. You, you can't in, in the, in the history that we've had the past nine, now 10 years with the dynamo and just being in the bottom of the cellar, it, it's kind of hard to bring in that, that top tier coach in the Tata Martina or Muhammad or, or just, or, or like a Bruce arena type coach that just everybody knows and loves. So Bruce, uh, Bruce, uh, Ben Olsen, to me, is going to be that that bridge to gap us to that potential to where he, he's going to be here for two, three, maybe four years, and he, he builds the club back up. He brings that culture back. He the, the the fans start getting excited about it, and then you know after Ben Olsen, we we move on to that that top to type coach or whoever whoever that big name is at that time. Whenever we get that far into the future, but I think he's a I want to call him a bridge coach, and I, I think he fits. I, I really don't think he fits into what we need to do. Just as long as Pat opens up, Pat it doesn't cling on to Pat uh, Ben Olsen and just let Ben do what he needs to do to build this team and coach his team and just bring in the players he needs, bring in the coaching staff he needs, and it. it that's that's the way I'm looking at. It. No, Ben may not take us to the MLS Cup, but. Yes, I think he'll get us out of the cellar and back on the streets to where people can see us running around and playing soccer again. Intermediate. You know? Yeah. Oh, that, um, exactly. Yeah, yeah go ahead. Go is, ahead. No, you're good. That is the OSG that, that, I, that I love, man, because I thought you were going to get blinded by the optimism, you know? The reality of the situation is us fans, we got enamored with potential coaching signings because we saw that 10 can spend money. But the reality of the situation is which of those highly regarded coaches are going to want to come here right now? And the answer is nobody. Ben Olsen is a Pat Onstad guy. They, they worked together in the past. I believe Pat was part of his coaching staff at DC United back in the day. Yeah, assistant coach. There you go. So, good, like, the props to, to Pat Austin for, you know, this is another Pat guy, you know, so the ball's on him for, for appointing this type, this type of manager, but at the same time, it's what OSG said, it's a combination of bridge and realistically, who the hell was going to come here to this team, and they like Ben because familiarity with Pat has plethora of MLS experience. And like OSG said, I think he hit it right on the mark. This is a bridge coach, whether it's he hands it to Kenny Bundy in two, two three years, or we go get the coach that everybody was asking for this time go around. And another person that agrees with us is um, my friend uh, Sammy Juarez. He, he tweeted an article that he wrote, and he was – he was pissed off as soon as the news came out, but then he later reflected and reflected a, 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 across the same thinking as OSG is if we had hired that coach with the high standards and, and the impressive resume, it might have been a shit show because the roster isn't ready to compete uh, for a manager of that caliber to, to come right in. Yeah, I think that's a I think that you could you could say that, but how we were able to bring in Hector Herrera, you know, 
you know, we have we have some firepower getting um, um more high tier play. Like we were able to get in Hector Herrera and I can you can you say Spacio and Fair because he was playing uh, Libertadores football when he was uh, in Paraguay. So we were able to convince those two to come. But you know, you know, it is what it is. You know, we just gotta see what he what he's able to do. Uh, I think um, uh, Santillo he joined the, the the podcast. I think you can ask him about his take as well. Well, welcome, Santeo, since uh, Pupa spoiled it for us, but no, I'm just kidding. So, yeah, Santeo, uh, you jumped in a, and a little bit into it, and uh, Herman was asking the question of, uh, you know, our thoughts on our Ben Olsen and what's our, uh, you know, realistic, you know, welcome and hello, and what do you think about Ben Olsen, bro? How you doing, guys? Can you hear me? Absolutely. Uh, perfect. Yeah, sorry I'm a little late. I was actually doing my voting, so I was going to go vote right after work, so I had to get that in before anything, but I like what y'all were saying, to be honest, especially what you said, OSG, like, I won't lie, when the news first broke, I was broken. It was not, you know, not definitely a guy that we were going to be excited about, but in a sense of... This is, I feel like this is the guy they should have gave us a few coaches back if we wanted to be in a better position. You know, a guy with experience, a guy who knows what's going on around the league, a guy who has a lot of friendships around the league. It's somebody who can open a lot of doors for us, whether it's players or coaching staff or even maybe just getting better deals like from other teams because, you know, experience and from knowledge and knowing all these you know, having all these friendships for how long he's been in the league. I'm excited in the sense that, you know, I feel like, like y'all did say, we're going to create our own identity at this point, which is very true, you know. this It seems like now we know exactly what they're trying to do with the coach. With Naga, like, we really didn't know, you know. It was a new guy, never been there in a position. We didn't know what to expect. We, and obviously, as fans, we've been suffering, so... We're expecting a lot from everybody at this point. And I think with Ben, it's more like we kind of know what we can get and maybe we could get a little bit more out of it, right? You know, there's and, definitely a lot of potential there. And like I said, three or four years, but it, it, it could go longer just because of the success that he could potentially have. He's a player's coach. He knows how to, he knows how to keep his locker room together. He knows how to keep his team together, which means that and if you're happy and your your, your team is in cohes is cohesive, you're gonna perform better, you're gonna play better, you're gonna practice better, and, and just everything clicks a little bit better. And we saw last season we had a bunch of potential where we played well, we looked well, but we just lost in the end. And that was more to Nagamore and his uh, lack of tactics. He didn't care about the team really. He only cared I don't know what he really cared about because he, he didn't have the players in his pocket. And that may be just because it's his first season of really coaching a professional uh, top-tier team, and he, he didn't know how to do that, didn't know how to bring the egos together of professional players. But Ben's done it, been there, done that. He was a professional player. He's been coached. He's been a coach just as long as he played. He fits. He fits. Like you said, he knows Pat. He's, he's, we've already given a we've already hired a scouting director that was announced yesterday and which means that we're not watching YouTube no more to go search for players to bring players in so we got a scout now we have a coach now Pat's going to open up well 
Ted, Daddy Ted's going to open up the books. So there's you know, there's just a there's just a, a huge window here for us to to get a lot of opportunity out of. Man. Yeah, and I, I feel like you know it's not us going into into it blindly either with him, if you know what I mean. Because Ben has the knowledge of being a coach, being a player, so he knows both sides of the field. And I think he's – and then obviously speaking of wanting to create an identity, he's going to help instill that here. And, you know, like you said, it seems like it's going to be a long-term thing. And I don't mind it being long-term as long as every year we get better. Instead of, you know, how we've been doing it, we've only had coaches for like a year or two, and then now we don't know what the roadmap what, – what is ahead of us, you know, because it's not – there's no consistency. But with Ted, you know, uh, he obviously wants – us to create something here and it's going to start with actually giving somebody a chance to be here for a, for a good minute. And I uh, like, I like what they said in the conference, you know, they, they spoke a lot about like, of wanting to create some type of culture here. So to be honest, that was my biggest hook for me. Hopefully that is what happens. And hopefully as fans, you know, little by little, we're able to keep uh, growing more hope by seeing small changes that eventually turn into big changes for us. Because it's been so long since we've actually tasted the glory days that we have no idea what it even tastes like no more. You you bring up a good point, you know, the, the press conference. There's there's three things that stood out to me in that press conference. One is Daddy Ted saying, hey, this is the beginning of a new era for the club. How many times have we heard that in the past five years, right? Tired of mm-hmm. hearing that crap. Two, Olsen knows that the, his first agenda is improving the roster. That's task number one. And I quote, we have strong core with promising prospects, but we need to add more quality and depth. Secondly, we as a staff need to make sure players are clear on their roles to execute a proactive and effective game model. So I'm, I'm curious to see, and I know OSG has done some research on what type of style they will play, but forget that. What type of players they'll go after? We don't have any any leads right now, but there's 10 open spots and the immediate focus, and Ben knows that, and I and I believe that's part of the reason why they hired him. We talked about hiring those not sexy, solid MLS players that every successful team needs, and I believe that Ben having his decade-long experience in MLS can help identify some of those for us to to help improve the roster. And lastly, and perhaps my favorite quote from the press conference, and I quote, there's a little bit of a lack of soul and fight in this group. It was there. You knew when you were coming here, and he's referring to the good old days that Santeo appointed to, you were getting your ass kicked. So, that's my favorite quote from today's press conference. Like OSG, I've set my expectations, you know, optimistically as I possibly and realistically can, which is get us out of the freaking bottom. And like you said, Santeo, improve and improve year after year. And 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 I do believe they hired Ben with the intention of long term as in two, three years and then hand it off. Which I'm 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 all for to be honest. If if this is you know obviously not everything's built in one day, so 
I don't mind a year, maybe two, maybe even three of just competing little by little more and more every year. And then eventually bringing cups and, you know, long runs for us and having a better team and a better squad. So at the end of the day, we're in Houston, you know, we're a city that's known for competing in every sport. And I feel like that's something that needs to come back. It needs to. And I want to ask OSG because the fans always say, well, Austin FC turned it around quick. Well, LAFC, so-and-so, but LAFC, they have so much money to blow. Daddy Ted does have the money, but he's only going to spend it if he thinks it makes sense, if it's strategic enough to invest. And I feel like LAFC, they just got this unlimited purse where they can spend whatever the hell they want, you know? But I want to ask OSG, what do you attribute – you being in Austin – what do you attribute the, the turnaround they had from last year to this year? Because I'm happy they lost, but getting to the Western Conference Finals, that's a pretty big accomplishment, man. Well, so for them, what, what they were lacking, the you know first-year coach, Josh Wolf, second goes to the second year, they didn't have the depth. That they, or they created the depth, and, and they brought in they brought in those role players that they needed to solidify their team in. And then, you know, Josh Wolf's second season, they were they were able to be a cohesive unit that the players liked it, even though the fans didn't. The players liked Josh Wolf. And, you know, that's a, that, that like I said, it goes it goes a long way where I'm if I like my coach, I want to go to practice. I want to be I want to go in early sometimes. I want to stay late sometimes. And then you, you just have a, a better cohesive. Me, you, Pupa, Santeo were, were we're gonna we're gonna be friendlier with each other. We're not gonna be uh, button heads with each other. You're not gonna see the clicks as much. It's it's a it's an it, they they acted like a team and then they played like a team. Granted, they they faltered towards the end of the season. They didn't make their run as long as they, towards the the end of the regular season. They made a couple of runs in the playoffs and of course eventually lost to LS, LASC and you know but and and it's it's. Just Josh will prove that he's actually a, a decent coach. Uh, and, you know, he doesn't have the owner. He has Claudia Reina as junior manager. He doesn't have the owner that we have. We have we have Daddy Ted. And we have Pat Onsat who's still got to go out there and prove himself as that junior manager. You know, he, he, he's a god to us, and we love what he did for us as a player. Uh, we, we're, we're, we're putting a lot of faith and trust into him as a junior manager. And so far, he's yet to, you know, show us that, hey, you know, as much faith as we put him is, is uh, what, what what he can bring back to the table. But he's working on it. He he said in his own words that this year he's the one under the under the the scope, and he's the one risking his job this year. And if Ben Olsen doesn't succeed, it's Pat Onsad that doesn't succeed, and it's Pat Onsad that might be seeing the door and not Ben Olsen. So there's just uh you know let's like I said, all the pieces are fitting to me right now. And I'm 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 good with Ben Olsen. I'm really good with Ben Olsen since uh, we share the same birthday, not the birth year, but the same birthday. So mm-hmm. talk talk about it. Talk about it. <laughs> I, I got his back, but man, I, I'm feeling a lot better after doing you know just doing a lot of the reading, a lot of researching, and just trying to hear what people in DC say about him. And he, he's a likable person. The fans are gonna. Are gonna they're gonna grow on him fast. I hope it's gonna be faster than usual, but it's gonna be up to Pat 
Pat to give him in the front office, Asher as well, to give him the, the pieces that he needs and allow him to go after the pieces that he needs. And, you know, if uh, Ben Olsen, I mean, Daddy Ted was at the press conference as well. And if Ben Olsen and Pat come to Daddy Ted and say, hey, bro, uh, like, this is what we want to do, and they can give him the 100 slide show that Pat be taking everywhere with him, Daddy Ted's going to be on board. And, we're going to get what we need. And those pieces are going to come together. I just, and you know, a lot of us want it to be faster than, than what it might be, but we'll, we'll just, we're going to start seeing today was day one. He had his running shoes on. So I guarantee you after that early, early press conference today that he went straight to work. And I guarantee you they're, they're, they're looking and they're, they're going to do their due diligence. And, you know, like I said, I'm the, I'm the optimistic OSG. That's why my first initials. Oh, no, but, but I, I'm ready, man, and I, I am excited for it now that we've been talking about it a little bit longer. Optimistic uh, soccer guy. Yeah, can I guys yes. – hello, guys. Yeah. Uh, I just yeah, want to jump ahead, in bro. really quick and get my take on what you guys were saying about, you know, progression by little by little, by year by year. Uh, I, you know, I disagree, you know. Where we were under Tab Ramos, bottom of the table with Austin and Dallas and where they were this season – there should be no excuse for us not to be around that area with them. You know, we should have been competing for playoffs no matter what. Little by little progress does not work in this league. In this league, it's not we're playing Champions League football, midweek games. You know, we got the we got the time crunch, we got the schedule crunch and everything. We could have been competing for playoffs this year. We should have been. And if you look at this league and how a lot of teams have just in one season just jumped from from the bottom of the table to 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 like home game playoff contenders, it's not a it's not a very it's not a very uncommon thing. It it happens quite often, like we saw last year with Dallas and and um, Dallas and Austin. And you know we look at the example of New England losing under Bruce Arena went from bottom of the table to to supporter shield winners. So again progress what is what it will what is considered progress each year by the pro- year the, the, pro- the progress that you're missing is to stay consistent on a yearly basis and some of these other teams they don't have that progress to where they stay consistent they go up and then they go right back down and then they slide up and then they slide back down lasc and la galaxy are your teams that are progressing every year they they do what they got to do they they fix the problems they have during the season and and then here they are. Look at them now. Now, of course, both of them missed the playoffs last year, but that was only one season. And then here they are back up again. So the progress doesn't mean, hey, win that freaking title right now. So what if we do win that title this year? And and like we said in the previous episodes, man, we had a decent season. We just had a terrible coach. We were leading one to nothing in in uh, eight in in eight games where we ended up losing two to one. So the potential is highly there. It, it was there. We just we just didn't do what we were supposed to do. Naga was just a but then again, idiot. Bundy tried. So the progression is to keep us at a state of mind to to where the dynamo are a factor from year in to year out, and we don't lose that edge that we're trying to build on. But then again, re- football is a results based business, and you know, and also you don't get time in football. Uh, other teams are not going to like wait for you to. Um, 
you know, build your team up, progress, project, and all this, you know, they're going to be, they're going to be trying to improve their team as well. So you're going to be having to uh, chase with them as well. They're not going to wait for you. My point is that we shouldn't, we should have been competing for playoffs last year. No, no one can deny that. And this year we should, we should be competing more than playoffs because we should still keep the expectation to the level that is set by the club and everyone else. And in my opinion, we should be competing. We should be challenging. I didn't say we have to. We have to be. We should be challenging for a home playoff game. I think that should be the goal, especially from the club and what they say about a new year in this football club. We need. We need action and not just words. And you know, we we have ten roster spots open. We need to use those spots efficiently and bring in quality players that that re- that don't reflect the same type of signings that we made in the past. That is just my my take on that. I don't know if you guys agree, but in my opinion, I don't think we should just be competing for seventh place like we were like we were supposed to last year. We need more than that because you know the expectations should still be the same. Nobody's competing for seventh. They're, they're they are competing to make the playoffs and they're competing to get as far as they can. But you know, like again, you got to have those pieces. You got to have that stability. You have to have you have to have that structure. You have to have that culture. I'm going to say that the last time. You got to have that culture to 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 continue to build off of it. And there is a lot of parity in the MLS. So yeah, you can, you know, when the other teams are competing, but there's there's enough out there. There's enough players out there. There's just for everybody to be competitive on a daily basis. And you know, the, Pat and Daddy Ted are trying to fix that situation and make and bring Houston back to those kick-ass days that they were talking about with with Pat Alstad, with Eddie Robinson, with Wendy Rosio. All those all those guys, Brian Ching, that, that we all miss and love, you know, bring bring back that establishment. And that's what they're trying to do. And you can't you can't build a building in a day. Or what they say, Rome wasn't built in a day. So I mean, it's been two years. Look, it's, it's, it was not. It's not like Ted became became the owner yesterday. It's been. It hasn't been. He's been. It, there's it been two coaches. It hasn't been two years. It's been a year and a half. Teddy Ted. I mean, twenty twenty. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he bought it in the middle of twenty twenty, and then he brought in Pat Onstead in twenty twenty one. We didn't have Pat in twenty twenty. We still had we kept Tab with the Pat. So you're in in my mind right now, boss. You're asking for a little bit too much too quick. And you're not, you're I didn't say we have picture. to get um, home playoffs. I'm saying we should we should challenge for it because I'm just looking around the table and we're seeing and seeing where the other where our other competitors are. You know, we should be up there with them. That's that's the point I'm trying to make. We shouldn't, you know, just we should not just compete for like the you know the threshold. We should we should we should jump for more than just seventh place. And you know, seventh place should have been the goal last year, but it was but we didn't get it. So I think that you know, with how the club has been responding and how we, how they're, how we have 10 roster spots available and how we're trying to, we were trying to get rid of people that were like under bad contracts from the last regime. A lot of things have opened up this off season. So we should be expecting more than just seventh because seventh was last year was the goal. So this year it shouldn't just, that's the, the, the goal shouldn't just be the same now. It should be a bit more, it should be, Higher than just seven. Was seven realistic with the roster you had to start the year? That is the question. Can you with a straight face tell me that with the roster we had, seven 
place was possible at the beginning of last year? Pupas? Well, so, I mean, uh, challenging for seven, possibly 100%. When we when we when we got the the because we brought in of course we brought in a few players Zeka who you know we we thought Zeka could do a good job in um in of course in at right back or left back wherever he was supposed to play he didn't turn out too well whether that's on Paolo or whether that's on him that's 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 that least to be you know seen because I, he's going to be here from what if I remember collecting for next year and uh, of course we look at um, Steve Clark of course. Um, I believe he's won goalkeeper of the year before, if I'm not mistaken. He's gone. He was he was in the final MLS Cup the season before, and you know he's very he was a very good goalkeeper. Uh, teenage Hadebe, I I like teenage, but I think he's just on a bad contract. He shouldn't be a DP, but I think he he's solid. He's a solid center back. Uh, Sebastian Ferreira, he's very very good. He's a very good striker. No one can deny that he was someone that we needed. Um. Of course, Kinteri got oh, old, but he was he was a good servant for what he was doing. But and and then when we brought in Ache Ache, and we had Coco, who who I think he jumped. I in my opinion, he jumped like the expectation that we had for him. He became a very more crucial player than what we expected for him. So you know, especially with Ache Ache, when he came in the summer, we should have definitely gotten playoffs. You know, and no one can deny that with the team that we had with Ache Ache and with the Colt with the whole. The city behind us, you know, all the all the hype that was drawn into this project, you know, that should have been much better than just second bottom. Second bottom, so, I agree, but seventh, I think, was a little too ambitious. But go ahead, OG, and I'll add on to a point. This is a great, great yeah. debate. I love it. This is good so, stuff. Go ahead, OG. If you were, if you remember my prediction from from the beginning of the season, do you, do you I mean, Herman, do you remember my prediction? What place I said we would finish? I have a poopy memory, OSG. So poopy memory. Yeah. We have a poop poop memory. Nah. And no, so no, I, no, no. I, said, <laughs> nah. I said we would finish that threshold from six to nine. That the the possible with the roster that we had at the start of the season, and that was before Hector Rare even came on. He was signed, but he wasn't into the team yet. But I, I said we could finish as high as six, and, and finish as low as ninth. And of course, we ended up finished thirteenth. So. Realistically, yes, we expected to be in playoffs, but you know that that window right there was small. Six to nine is where I said we 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 would finish. And then, uh, real quick before you get your 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 opinion back in, and then we get uh, Santel's opinion on it. Ben Olsen said today he, he has a, we, we he likes the core that the Dynamo have. Are we ready for the playoffs right now? He said absolutely not. The roster these ten ten spots are open, and he's got some work to do. And he's going to get right at it and, and and build and build and make that a a team that can compete for the playoffs. So he, I, I like what the way Ben Olsen talks. He talks like he is a coach. He's a smart guy. He knows what he's doing. He knows what he's here to do. And I, I and Pat, like he said, Pat said, I trust Ben Olsen. He never said he trusts Nagamore, but he trusts Ben Olsen. And I again, I, I think we're on the right track to get us to that threshold where we every season we expect to be in the playoffs, maybe competing, fighting for that home, that home game, especially fighting for that home, that home game in the playoffs. And then the next, the next level will be, Hey, let's compete for the cup. It's, this is a, this is the start. Technically you know, we, we get uh, Naga man was a friggin' wash. <laughs> right. It, you now you accept it was your zero, but I do want to say this. 
the feeling that Pupas has, that better be the damn feeling that the front office needs to have. That sense of urgency that Pupas has, that fire better be lit under everybody's asses in the front office because that's what we need in the front office. Now, I disagree with Pupas on the quick turnaround, and I agree with OSG, and just looking at previous examples, New England Revolution, for example, uh, in 21, they were first place, right, in the East, and then this year, they pooped the bed. We're trying to build a a foundation that can be sustained more than one year, right? So let's take, for instance, the club that I believe we should uh, try and copy is the U. Really? Yes. They've been on top of the Eastern Conference. I mean, I go back 2019, 20, 21. I mean, they're up there, man. They're top three in their conference year after year. That is the level of success we're trying to build here, and that takes time. And, it, and to and to build it the right way, it takes time. But even though we disagree on the methods, Pupas and I, I agree with his sense of urgency. That sense of urgency better be in the front office, man, because that's what we need to turn this club around. Right, right. We, I think we all agree on, on that sense of it all. We just, we're just not meeting everywhere else. Not everywhere else, but I think we all have the right, the right My sense thing is the that right idea. MLS is completely different than other leagues. You know, it doesn't take much. That's that was the point I'm trying to make. It, right. um, yeah, I was just you. I, I, let me just ask you guys a question. If we were ha- if we were to Santeo have, pick- all right, I'll ask I'll, I'll ask Santeo the question as well. I just want to just get your point um, take on this. Because of last season, if we got Jaime Lozano as the head coach, or or Turco Mohamed, all right, let's just say that, or um, Busetich. If we got any of those uh, managers at the club last year, he led the lines last year, would the expectation have changed with the club or no? Would you have still um, wanted, expected uh, no playoffs or would you have expected playoffs? Me, me playoffs. You would have expected playoffs. Yes, because I expect those type of managers to get better performances from those players. Right, I was just. I ain't, ain't playing CDM. I'll tell you that. I agree too. Yeah, that's. I mean, I would expect play. I expected playoffs from the managers we did have, but the problem is that we also had a really bad lineup. Like we didn't have the perfect team, and we definitely didn't have the perfect manager to help you know create these guys, make these guys better. Realistically, like I agree with every, what a lot the Pupa said. Like the fire in him, I felt the exact same way. I'll probably say a few weeks ago. The whole start of the season, I was pissed. I don't see why not. We haven't competed. It's been so it's been so long since we competed. Actually, every year, the beginning of the season, I'm always like, "This is our year." And what happens midway through the season? Our my my hopes gone and everything. But if we want to get back to be that consistent team who's always competing, I mean, there's it, we have to get the building blocks first. We can't just throw out the good players because look what happened. Achache came a player who we thought was going to be our savior. And he couldn't even carry none of the weight we had brought we had around him. The dude honestly didn't even perform at all. And I think it's because, like we were talking about role players, teams depend a lot on role players. Superstars can't do nothing without the role players. And I feel like Ben is technically he's gonna be a role player for us now because we need consistency. We need somebody to char- you know to charter everything for these guys. 
and it's going to take time. I wish – you never know. Next year might be the year we even win it all. It's possible, but what I'm saying is that I feel there's a lot to get to that before anything because I don't want to be a one-and-done team either. You know, I want to be a dynasty at some point. And there's, and a, there's a long that road. Great point. Yeah, and Herman brought up that great point earlier with his with his quote with Ben Olsen, with, which is the difference from Naga. Naga didn't know what the hell he was doing with the lineup. He threw out 27 different lineups at one point during the season. That's that's an incredible stat to me. And Ben said, I'm going to use the play. I'm gonna, they're going to know their roles. They're going to they're know their jobs. They're gonna they're gonna play better. <laughs> they're gonna look better. They're gonna. It's just it's not gonna be knockable no more. It's gonna be a big huge difference, and we should see something right off the bat as far as improvement in the team, just the way they just the way they play. Whether they win or lose the game, it's just gonna be the way they play. We should see and expect something completely different than what we're used to. Yeah, and we need consistent guys too. You know, we need guys who are gonna be here for a long time. We've switched so much stuff around, too, in a bad way. Like, most of the guys we sign don't even play sometimes, and it's been happening habitually lately, you know? I feel like the only guy who's been consistent probably for the past maybe six years is Lundy. Like, that's the only guy we've always known is going to be on the left side. Everything from their point on has been moved around or it's a different person, and you're learning how to play last around year, somebody by the way. Else. Yeah, like, so Lundy's, like, one of those role players that I feel like this year is what we should be picking up. Because we obviously can't bring in splash money and bring all these things, but we need to bring in guys who are going to be here for a few years. Guys who are going to do their job, who are going to make superstars come in and have to compete for the spot, if you know what I mean. And I think Lundy's been the only guy we've had of as of recently, a guy who, if he's there, we're not worried about switching him because he's going to do his job, you know, or he's going to make people, if they're going to take his spot, they're going to have to really do their best to take his spot. And I feel like this offseason, having the, the, the space available, that's what we should be trying to land. Maybe two to three guys who are going to be here consistently or even just create those guys from our younger people that we already have. Or maybe you never know. We might have people who just haven't been good for us. But with this new coach, they could become better players. And that's the big thing about coaches. You know, they're able to bring out some of them are able to bring out the best in certain type of players. And maybe that's all we're missing. And, I think and, a lot of players been mismanaged by Nagamura. I think Ache Ache was mismanaged. I think possibly even Zeka was mismanaged by Nagamura. You couldn't even say even Fafa Pico because Fafa Pico, he was on fire the season before. But yeah, I, that's very and, true. A lot and, of you know, I mean, I don't think it's him that's the commanding. I don't think it's him that wants to cut, um, just do cross inshallah. You know, I think he actually wants to, you know, get in the mixer, you know, try to try to do something. It was the tactics set up by the coach that, that ultimately ruined the team. And that's the point I'm trying to make. You know, I think a lot of the players were better than how they performed last year. But the thing is that Nagamura, he just didn't know how to do, do uh, control any of the players. He didn't know how to control the locker room or anything. Because I don't know if you guys heard, uh, it was like after, it was like the week when Nagamura was fired. It was on the MLS podcast, week podcast. Um, I forgot his name, but uh, yeah, he was he was he was saying uh, he was saying that you know they were have there was rumors you know spread across like reports um, across the league that Nagamoto lost the dressing room, and even though Pat said it wasn't because of the dressing room, there was there were still um, sources that were saying that he lost the dressing room and players did not you know have any confidence in him. So I think that was also one key issue why we performed so bad last year. 
that's why I think that, you know, a, a lot of players, you know, they can, they can be better than how they were. So that's why my expectation was a completely different. I dig that. I, I see that. I, I agree with that. I'm with you there. And then I'm just going to, this is complete, not completely off topic, just adding on to what Santeo said, but I just want to throw it out there to start some shit, you know, the Dynamo, uh, started marketing for 2023 memberships and on the graphic that they used it was pretty cool they included supporters supporters from the supporter groups in the supporter section right but the two players on the ad are sebas and coco no ache ache speaking about star players and being here for a long time i don't i don't want to say that means anything but that's just an observation that I made, you know. <laughs> I wouldn't think it was that mean to mention anything because um, Ben Olsen mentioned Achi Achi in the, the press conference. I think that would have been said before. I don't think Ben would mention him if, you know, there, if Achi Achi was upset or anything. But ultimately, I think a lot of it came from Nakamura's mismanagement of him. That's why he was just doing, you know, he just was just didn't care about the club, whether that was right or not, you know, that's, that's a different issue, but I think Nagamura just mismanagement, mismanaged him and the team. I, I think just they just whole... milked his, his picture too much last year for him yeah. to come in here and not do that much, which kind of messed with his reputation. Well, yeah, we that's a good spent the whole year well. marketing his ass. He just spent the whole year, his own billboards and everywhere. It's, it's time to, it's, it's time. Sebastian had, 13 frigging goals with, with nothing on his team and nothing behind him. Coco, he, he, he thrives. So, yeah, man, it's time to it's time to market the boys that are on the team, not just Ache Ache. And then maybe they finally realize that you can't just market Ache Ache. You know, you, you can't just market Maria Sanchez. You, you have to market the team. You got to make the faces known, you know, by those who, who aren't usually at the games. And there's more than just one player here, for so that's for sure. But who knows? Yeah. yeah. Who knows? <laughs> so do we want to talk about the players that are still here? Do you want me to summarize the transaction moves that we made? Nah. No. I've got it right. I've got it right here. The 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 list. Mm-hmm. And I want hey guys, this is gonna we're gonna go through them pretty quick. So that's talking to you, Poopas. Give us a yeah, you're gonna give a shortened answer and we're just going to run through this roster because, you know, as you know, it's about 20 freaking players. But uh, roster, roster implications did come out, and we'll just start at the very top. Exercised options were Corey Baird, Ethan Bartlow, Griffin Dorsey, and Adam Lundquist. Herman, how do you feel about those four? Uh, just like Santeo said, solid MLS players that we, that we need in, in the team. So I'm good with it. Santeo? I think those are guys who could become role players. They're somewhat already role players. And, it, you know, it's growth at this point. A lot of these guys are younger, so why not risk it with them? Pupas? Uh, yeah, I can, yeah, I can, I can understand them. Corey Baird, I don't know if he can, like, get his wage down, if if, that, if that's in the clause or anything, if they lower down his wage or anything. But he, he, he proved himself at the end of last year why he should stay. You know, maybe that head injury at Minnesota, you know, fixed his mind. Now he's now he's gonna play like he did at God knows RSL. But um, you know, it's pretty decent. Only thing I disagree, one I disagree with was 
Daniel Stairs. I don't. I think in my. I don't think why. I don't know why it was not mentioned in the in the roster thing. But he got a contract extension, and in my opinion, we either should keep Daniel Stairs or Tim Parker. And if we, I don't think we should keep both because I think one of them, are. I think one is. I think one is enough because both can just be shocking, um, you know, together or with or one without the other. So I think just keeping one would have been fine and hoping for a center back, you know, getting a center back in the off season because if because by keeping steroids, it almost means that Pat Onstead has faith in the center backs that he has at the club right now. And in my opinion, that's just not the case. Well, we 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 don't know what they're paying. Again, we have ten roster spots open. We, we teenage and ABA ain't going nowhere. Parker, we've we've heard is is being shopped around, and I even think to the point that where he's going to be the the one that that we have that one free drop against the salary cap, where it's not free to drop him. We still got to pay him his salary, but it doesn't hurt us in our salary cap. Parker might be that freaking guy that gets dropped because he showed nothing last year. Daniel Stairs, his he was ex, he was extended because of his leadership, and when he wasn't injured, he did play well. He did play good soccer, so. And then we, and then of course we extended Ethan Barlow. If Barlow's that type of player that he showed a lot of potential, but he didn't give him the time to do it. And if you can play consistently, Barlow could be that guy that actually starts next to teenager Davy. And then Stairs is that backup guy that comes in and fills a role in the Open Cup and maybe those other weekday games. And and then they kind of rotate. And you never know who we go and get. We still got those uh, Silva and those 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 center backs. Um, Corey Baird, you mentioned maybe we can get his, his wages down. Uh, ben also said today that uh, he's got a lot of room for under the salary cap to work with. Which, which, when I heard that, I was kind of surprised. I didn't expect there to be a lot of room. I expected there to be room. So maybe Corey Baird's money is not really affecting us too much. And what I believe is it's like in the 400s. Griffin Dorsey on the right side, great. Adam Lundquist on the left side. We, we needed Lundy to stay, that's for damn sure. Is Dorsey going to be the starter? Absolutely right now, unless somebody else comes in uh, and stares. Yeah. But, yeah. All right. So, mo- moving on. Uh, contracts, we declined. You guys, I'll mention the players, and if y'all have anything y'all want to say, just go ahead and throw it in there. But I don't think we are on these. Uh, Baha Mitch, we're not letting him come back. So, he's been declined. He can go do whatever he wants to. Ian Hoffman, he can stay with his USL team. He's not coming back. Palomino. He's been declined, which means he could be working out a new contract to come back and uh, with, the, with the team or with Dose. Tiago, of course, we all knew about. And then Zarek Valentin, which we all expected since he only played two games this year. No surprises here. Just heartbreaking after the year Palomino had in Dynados, but we, we knew it was going to happen. No surprises here. Right. Yeah, I think, I think those are just set on – you know, nothing, nothing too controversial there. I think, you know, I think all fans can agree on those decisions. Uh, I just wanted to make one point. I know you're going to get to the the options that are going to be decided on November uh, when. We'll stick but... to those four players because we still had her Centeo. All right, right, go ahead, Centeo. I think those are the pieces we're able to sacrifice with minimal damage to the team. So I'm all for them. Yeah, didn't didn't hurt us. Didn't hurt us at all. All right, so moving on to the next one. These are players that still have have options that the team is going to make decisions on before the deadline on November 14th, which means 
these were people that Pat thought, hey, these we, we might want to give Ben Olsen an opportunity to look at and make a decision on his own. These are four players. So, guys, don't spend 20 minutes on these players, but it is Fafa, it is DQ, it is Memo, and it is Zeka. So I'll go through them real quick. Fafa, you know, if, if he can come under – if he's willing to listen to Ben Olsen and listen to what he's being coached, Fafa can get back to what he was two years ago. DQ, I can care less. He needs to he needs to go ahead and find his retirement team or he needs to retire. Memo, uh, Ben Olsen was a midfielder. That Memo is the same position, so maybe he can learn from this guy. Maybe Memo can hit that next that next target. I'm not sure. Zeka, we, we thought Zeka had a lot of potential and he didn't do anything for us. So if we decide to keep him, he's definitely going to be in a backup role. But if he's a backup, I'd rather not let him go and let's find us an American uh, or a person that has a green card that doesn't take up an international spot. All right, go. Those four. All right, I'll go first. Um, Fafa Pico, you know, if he leaves, I'm, I'm definitely all for it. I mean, I'm, I'm not against it. If we get – if we get – I don't know if we can get money out of some money out of him, but you know, he's he's a one trick pony like he's shown last year. Whether he was mismatched by Naga, I think you can also put some blame on him as well. I did hear a rumor from like an account on Twitter saying that he's going that they're not going to exercise his option, so he's going to leave. Uh, I don't know how how uh, how reliable the source is, but uh, if that's to be the case, I'm I'm not against it at all. Um, but if he wants to get back to where he was, then he gotta, he just gotta put the work in and hopefully Ben can help him do that. If he wants to, I, if, if he comes back as a super sub, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm totally for it. If he's starting games, then, you know, that's just, that's just going to be not good for the team at all because he's not, he's not a player that I sh- we should be starting if we want to, you know, be competing for playoffs and DQ DQ, uh, I like DQ a lot, but you know he's getting old, and it doesn't look like we're Pat was interested in bringing in a ten from the interviews they had um, when he, when he got when Pat and we got got the got the sack. He wasn't didn't look like he was interested in getting a number ten. So basically, he's the only creative guy we have at the team right now. So you know, if he wants to get on a lower contract, and I like DQ a lot, I think he's a good servant, a veteran. If he leaves, you know that's fine. If he stays, you know I'm all for it. It's a, it's, a, it's either way. Uh, who was the next one? Is it um, uh, Zeka and or and there was another player, right? Memo. Memo. Oh, Memo. Yeah, he can leave. Yeah, get him out. Just get him out. There should not be any question. I don't know why they they're waiting till the 14th to make a decision on him. I already a uh, diamond started said that he's that he was that he was gonna. Not there, his, ex, his option was not going to be exercised, so I'm shocked that he's on the on the to be decided list. Uh, Zeka, yeah, Zeka, he's a he's a, he, he could sometimes do good, but you know if he leaves, again, it's an either way for me. You know if he stays, it's fine, but if he goes, you know I'm I'm not against it at all. I'm neutral on that one. Then for me personally, I like both. Fafa and Darwin as super subs. I, I, if we don't sign at number ten, then definitely keep Darwin as a super sub, not a starter though. Memo OSG touched on an excellent point. Ben Olsen himself was a role player, and he actually, and like OSG said, he played the same position and role that Memo is. So maybe he might want to revive him because he's a, a youth player. You know what? What it symbolizes for Dynamo? I don't know. 
And then Seca, it feels like it was more like a, of a Naga hiring. And if it wastes an international spot, then I'm okay saying goodbye. But I will say I did enjoy watching Seca build up on the right wing. You know, whenever he went forward, it felt like the attack was more dangerous. So I did I did enjoy watching him going forward. Um, guys, um, I appreciate you having me on. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna head out now. Thank you guys for having me on. Hope. Uh, have a hope you guys in, um have a good rest of the podcast. Um, hopefully, you guys, we'll see you guys soon on Twitter Spaces or anything else. Yeah, thank you, SG. Thank you, Herman. Uh, yeah, thank you guys for having me on. Appreciate that, Pupas. H is up, buddy. H is up. You the man, bro. Thank you, guys. All right, Santeo, we're up with you on those four players right there. So kind of like Herman said, you know, when it comes to to Fafa and Darwin, like I think these are good guys we could have as backups. Uh, definitely on team friendly deals though, especially um, Quintero. You know, the dude's old, but I mean, technically he's the only creator we have on the team. But obviously, we would only want him as a sub. But I, uh, looking at it the way he's looking at it, like, I don't think this guy's gonna want to get paid like little to nothing. So I don't think that happens. And Fafa, I would only keep him definitely as a sub. But if Dynamo, like, commits to bringing in a starter for his position. Other than that, like, uh, I don't think, you know, they should keep him around. Memo, I think he's just already a little too old to keep trying the experiment with him. I feel like it's in his best interest to just, you know, look for a different – for a different scenery because – He's been here for so long, and he almost panned out, and then he's just been downhill since. So I think that's something we should definitely – if we want to grow as a team, we should probably just turn the page on that one. And Zeka, honestly, I liked how he played. It just seemed like a lot of the people around him didn't know kind of what was going on with him. But the hard part is that that's another experiment for us. And him being an inter- taking up an international spot is what makes it a hit or miss – you know, keeping him around. I do think whenever he played at the right back position, you could arguably say that um, he had, if you, if we were, to, we were to in like to bring him into a style where he's comfortable playing or we could play around that he for sure should be a starter. But that's the whole point of it uh, being international. If, if you're not sure he's going to be a starter, um, why risk that position on him? You know, we might as well go bring an international that's going to be a starter for sure. Right, right. Those are good points. And I'll make a couple quick ones on Darwin and Fafa again. Darwin, I, I think we're, we're, we're past him unless he wants to come on for like a two, 200, 200 grand or something like that. He, he's too risky. Yeah, a, a super sub, which means he comes in the last 15 minutes of the game, and that's really hard to get, get a, a, a drive going and trying to score. He's definitely not a starter. You, you, you don't want to waste him where he's playing 45 minutes and then you sub him out at halftime, anything like that. Uh, we have too many games that we're playing this year where we're going to expect him to be too much, where he's going to have to play too much. So I think he's just going to end up taking up a spot. Uh, we do have those 10 roster spots open, so I do expect us to go out and find some creative players. And Ben Olsen spoke of that today in the in the press conference, that there's five to six to seven players that, that he really wants to go get. So I'm expecting somebody – or not somebody, somebody's 
to come in and actually be role players and fill those places in. So Darwin Quintero, you know, he can definitely hop on the ship or whatever, he, get on the plane, hop in the car. I'll, I'll go pick him up and drive him home, but whichever. And then Fafa, we can go back to two years ago where he did play well for us, and then we go back to last year where he did not play well for us. And there was two different situations. I think he felt good to get with 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 Tab, and there was a little there was a little bit more. We knew what kind of soccer we were playing, and then Naga comes in, and we don't know what kind of soccer we were playing, and that kind of showed that that really did show with with frigging with Fafa. So if we can get the Fafa from two years ago, I'm okay with him staying. Uh, you know, of course, maybe let's keep him, and then we rebuild him back up into that situation to where he's actually showing that he can do more than be a one trick pony. So, uh, but anyways, but all right, there's uh, two others. Darwin Sawin has been, he is out. That's a hundred percent for sure now. And then Sam Junkwa has been offered a bona fide offer to Junkwa earlier this month, which for some reason he hasn't accepted yet. Uh, so I don't know what he's thinking about or what he's doing. So as well, what are y'all feelings about that? Seren, I kind of wish he would stick around because he, he, he can definitely be a good defensive uh, centered, centered DM role and fill that spot to where, hey, I need a defensive player towards the end of the game and just give somebody a break wherever that DM is. And Junkwa, yeah, I'm okay letting him go. You know, if he wants to stay, that's great. He'll definitely be a backup player, and he can give Lundy a break so he doesn't have to play 40 games this season. As much as it breaks my heart, I agree with both of these departures. If we're going to keep a player just to be specifically like that niche where we're defending the the score and then just put him in, you know, and even though that's what he does best, right? That's what Darwin does best. Last year we were doing that because we needed to get results no matter what. But if we're trying to build, right, I, I feel like these are the right moves. Um, Lundy is going to be that player that fights for whoever they want to bring in as left back. And if that's the case, Junk was going to be the odd man out. So I, as much, I like them both personally. I like these players both, but. I agree with the departures. Uh, yes. Uh, so, you know, I, I have no little to no care about losing players who don't even see minutes. Um, right. Juanca, yeah, he's, he's taking the younger guy, but we've, I think we've seen his peak and, you know, it seems like he's just not going to become a, you know, a starter. So, like, what's the point? If the guy doesn't want to resign for whatever they offer, then let him walk. You know, maybe we could bring in somebody to, that can actually at some point become better or fight for a spot. So that's that. And set in, I just think there's way too many players out there that can defend like him. And there's even way more players that can do more than just that. So, I mean, it's, I just, it's like I said, it's the end of, end of their time here for sure. All right, good deal. And then, of course, there is 16 players that we that are still under contract. Just to mention those that are on on or the first team is Beto Avila, uh, Coco, of course, Juan Castilla, Steve Clark, Sebastian Fidea, Teenager Davy, Hector Herrera, Michael Nelson, Tim Parker, Brooklyn Range, Daniel Rios, uh, Daniel Stares, Thor, Xavier Valdez, Matias Vera. Nelson Quinones remains on the roster because he's on that loan. 
And so that's basically, man, that's that's what we have. So running through the, the roster real quick, I'll give you all a chance to, before I move on to the next position, to say anything if you all want to say anything. But as goalkeepers, we still have the same three, Steve Clark, Michael Nelson, Xavier Valdez. I would love to see Xavier Valdez move into that second position and fight for that, uh, get some time in with Steve and give Steve Clark some breaks and see if uh, Valdez can be our future. Goalkeepers. Anything from y'all? No, sir. I'm, I'm good with the three goalkeepers, dude. Uh, hopefully, Valdez or Nelson take a take a step next year, right, and challenge Clark. That's my, my only feedback there. Yeah, I didn't um, mention Nelson because we don't expect that. <laughs> yeah, goalkeepers is that position where, like, you honestly don't care who's two and three. As long as your number one is doing his job, and our number one is pretty solid, so it's you know in case if it's an injury or anything like that, you know. But I think we're straight there. Yeah, and just remember, we're getting a lot more games next year. You still have the Open Cup, and now we have the the League Cup, where we're taking a month off. So that that's gonna add up to forty something games next year. So that's why I'm like Xavier. I hope he's taking that too, because we don't see nothing out of Nelson, and I'd like to see Valdez. He's a he's a good player. And, you know, Clark is, I think, is on his last year. So let's let's see if Valdez could be that guy or we're going to have to go out and search for somebody. Currently under contract, six defenders, Ethan Bartlow, Griffin Dorsey, Teenage Adavy, Adam Lundquist, Tim Parker, and Daniel Stairs. I, I believe the rumor is to be true that we're shopping Tim Parker, and I kind of hope that we are so we can relieve ourselves of that salary. And he just did, doesn't show anything to me. Uh, I'm, I'm good with the rest of the defenders. Yeah. I'm good with them as well. Um, I think when it comes to Stairs and Parker, uh, I know we like just re-signed Stairs, but technically, can't we still trade them at some point? So, you can I mean, trade anybody you want. Yeah, so I mean, I would assume these guys are guys that you know we use as leverage points. There's going to be injuries throughout the season. There's going to be open, open like positions in different teams, and I think that's when we're able to capitalize with these guys. And if we don't, you know, we can still use them. We have use for them. So having a decent amount of center backs is is good because, like I said, you could use them at some point. Whether when whenever we have a hole, we could use them to try to fill that hole for us. Whether it's in a trade or stuff like that. Yeah, it's interesting to see what we can get for Parker, but Bartholo resigning that's good. Teenage we like. Uh, Lundy, Dorsey, they're obviously uh, wingbacks. And I personally like Stettis as a, as a depth. So, but I, I, I'm trying and, to see who they bring. I'm trying to see who they who they bring, though. They got to bring someone else, you know? Yeah, you would think so, and especially if they're able to get rid of Parker. I mean, come on, Parker, you got to be good good going. And Daniel Stettis didn't sign a one-year extension. He signed a two-year extension. So he's here next year as well, not just this year, next year. So I don't think Daniel Stairs is going to be a leverage piece. He's just going to be – he's going to be there for his leadership, keep the camaraderie of the team, and he's going to get some good playing time. And uh, like I said, right now it'll be him and Bartlow rotating. And then, of course, they're going to have to take teenagers place whenever he uh, loses his cool or does a fucking Jackie Chan kick or something like that. <laughs> but – Moving on, midfielders, we still got six under contract. Of course, it's Coco, Juan Castilla, Hector Herrera, Brooklyn Range, 
Daniel Rios, Matias Vera. We're expecting a lot on Matias Vera. Daniel Rios, Rios, uh, he, he was a fan favorite, but he didn't get to do anything last year. Of course, he was hurt for the most of it. So it's kind of, let's see if, if he can do anything and pull some tricks out of his butt. But then there's Brooklyn Reigns, who will be able to play for the first team finally. And then we're not expecting him to be a starter, uh, but we are expecting him to see some actual good MLS playing time now. And that'll be good for Reigns. And, you know, he's got a lot of potential. And if he could if he could shoot up really quick, that'll be a super bonus for us. Which he will. I expect him to. But it's interesting to see what, what will happen to to our midfield if any new signings take place. But I also want to see Juan Castilla and, and Danny Rios. I think Danny Rios doesn't even like he doesn't even play he doesn't even start for Dino Dolls. So it's interesting what's gonna happen to him. See if he takes a step forward in Dino Dolls this year and can make the step up to the first team, but I doubt it because you got Brooklyn Reigns, Ache Ache, Coco, and then Matias Vera is your is is that CDM that you were talking about you wanted uh Seren to be. He's gonna be that that super sub quote unquote for, for the CDM position. Speaking about role players and stuff like that, man. Well, hearing you know the young guys that we have, that's I, I like that. You know, those are people that are telling they could be our future. Uh, I don't like how, you know, some of them don't even see minutes at all. But it's it's all part of the game, and the rest there, you know, Vera stuff like that. This is this is another guy who's starting to become a role player. You know, he he does his job silently, but he's there. Uh, yeah, we could always say we want better guys, but. I mean, he's doing better than the guys we got. So, I don't mind them at all. Hopefully, there's growth with these guys. Reigns, you know, we got big expectations for him. Hopefully, they keep – he keeps getting better. See how that goes. And, Herman, you reminded us of a great point. Just because they're on the, their first team doesn't mean they can't go play for Dose. And then if injuries or anything happens, then they, they get brought up immediately and – with Dose, they're still getting their playing time and they're still getting their form and they're staying in shape and they're game ready. And that's that's the bonus with having Dose right there with you at the same time. Uh, forwards, we have five under contract right now currently. Beto Avila, Corey Baird, Sebastian Padilla, Nelson Quinones, and Thor. Uh, Beto, he got he had his shot last year, so unless he does has a really good offseason or a good workout, uh, don't expect to see too much of him. He'll be playing with Dunn and Dose and just subbing in unless one of those 10 players or eight players we bring in uh, during the offseason fill that role. Corey Baird looks like currently right now that you know he's he's probably going to give the opportunity to start. Sebastian Sebastian. Nelson Quinones, everybody was getting was high off of him last towards the end of the season. He, he showed a lot of good potential. Uh, never played more than twenty minutes and a half, but he, he did show a lot of potential. So we'll be we'll be keeping our eye on him during preseason and as the start of the season goes. And then Thor, I really hope they can find something to do with Thor. That kid has so much lightning in a bottle that man, you know, I. I I don't care if Bill Olsen comes out with a 4-4-2 and Fafa never sees the, the field of play, but, you know, <laughs> I don't know. I want to see Thor get some action and be a, be a, a more of a, more of a, somebody that's going to do something for us this season. What's your thoughts? I, 
expect big things from Nelson Quinones this year. Yeah. And I also, I don't want to say expect, but I want to see Beto take Corey Bear's spot, like compete against him for that winger, winger spot, like take it from him. Uh, Sebas ain't going nowhere. And I agree with you. We need to find Thor's best position. If that's backup to Sebas, okay, that's backup to Sebas, you know. But he was good enough that they wanted to put him out in the field and they put him on the wing. But we saw that, like, it, he wasn't being utilized to his maximum capacity. So if that's a backup striker role, then, then so be it. But I love Thor. I love Beto and Nelson. And obviously, Sebas is your is your DP, so he ain't going nowhere. Corey Baird, um, iffy, you know, like he he he, that left foot is magic, at times, at the most random time, you know, it's just the inconsistency. So I'd rather try it with a homegrown that has potential. Just my just my my personal opinion. Right. Yeah, I think the highest ceiling out of all of them is Quinones, as of what we saw. Thor's right behind them. Uh, Ferreira, well, let's just hope he has a better season this year. He, he had a good one. Baird as well, you know, let's hope he gets better. He showed a little bit better towards the end with Bundy. Um, but uh, an exciting thing is, too, like bringing in a new coach and having all these young guys, I think it just lights a fire in all of them because – you know, you could literally bust your ass and play amazing ball and just win yourself a spot on this team. So, you know, it gives young young guys should always have that that heart and want to go out there and steal a position, knowing there's a new coach because you're not guaranteed a spot on this team if if you know if you don't if you don't perform because these guys don't know you. Um, they were brought up like a bunch of these guys from those were brought up for, by Naga. Ben doesn't know how they played. Ben doesn't know who they are. So they got to go out there and earn minutes. So hopefully, you know, it it, it, it makes uh makes them go out there and just be better than what they ever were. But I'm good with – I mean, honestly, I'm, I'm not too – I have nothing against everybody that, that's still here when it comes to attack. Excellent point, though, you just made, Santel. Ben Olsen comes yeah, in with a fresh perspective, right? Brand new sets of eyes. Go ahead, OSG. No, you you were right. I was backing up Santel's point with your point. And, and to these players, like, you can say, hey, like, we brought in a new coach last year, and these guys should have been, like, fresh and should have had their minds set to everything. But Naga was an unproven coach, came from SKC2. Ben Olsen is a proven coach, is a proven player also. I, you know, Naga was a proven player, too, but just not a coach, but – you, you, as a player, and, the, and you give me Naka or you give me Ben Olsen, Ben Olsen's my coach. I'm a, like I said earlier, I'm going to feel a lot better about this guy when I go to my first practice and I meet this guy. And I, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have my high hopes and like, oh, man, I, I actually, I think I got a chance to actually perform and do something for the team this year. And with Naka, you're like, I don't know what I'm going to get. You know, I'm I'm almost just as old as this guy. He's 37. I'm friggin' 27. You know, it's like he's uh, just my bigger brother or something. He's never coached a pro team before. It's like so. This is just gonna be a different feeling, a different aspect. Everything's just gonna be completely, completely different. And 
you know, like like we were arguing earlier, Ben Ben Olsen, he's 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 that bridge, and he's he's the right hire right now. He's the right hire. And a lot of people wanted all these other guys, but I don't think those other guys were fit for where we are right now. They may fit in a couple years as long as Ben Olsen is able to do the job that he's coming here to do. And uh, I I was. I was convinced in today's press conference, like I didn't need to be convinced, but I felt better after today's press conference. And the answers he, when he was, when he wasn't reading off his damn notebook, when he, this, the prepared speech, I, I hate when people read and they just sound, sometimes they just, come on, quit reading, bro. <laughs> just talk from your heart. You, you already know what you got to say. Just, just say it. But, you know, when he was answering his questions, he just, Sometimes he just gave the right answers, and I just I felt even better about him after today's press conference too. <sighs> so, come on, I hand it back off to you, man. That was the end of the roster, the the roster feelouts right there. So those those we, are the two biggest news in the Dynamo world. I mean, this past week since our last episode, the the hiring and and the roster moves so far, we we really haven't heard transfer rumors. But once they happen, you know, Dynalytics will, will come on and do an episode. If you don't have anything, OSG, I just want to encourage our fans. First of all, thank you for the support and for listening. Interact with us in social media, on Twitter. Any questions you may have or comments about the show or if you disagree with any of our takes, please leave a comment on Twitter and we'll definitely respond right back. Uh, Instagram as well. We're live on Instagram at Dynalytics Podcast. And just please share the the Spotify channel with with any friend you know that likes soccer or the Houston Dynamo or Houston Dash. So, thank you for the support and just and just uh, any ideas for the show, please send them our way. We, this this was created by the fans for the fans. OSG. All right, so we do have two questions, and we'll try to answer them the best we can. One of the questions it, it, it's hard to tell because we don't know what Benny's going to do. And that's what I'm going to call him. I'm going to call him Benny all year. I'm not going to call him Uncle Ben. <laughs> so, you know, Dynapod put a, twelve, a poll out there, and Uncle Ben is the one who won it. Won it. it doesn't, to me, it doesn't just sound right calling him Uncle Ben, even though we got Daddy Ted, so Uncle Ben kind of fits. But I'm, I'm going to call him Benny. Benny Boy, or y'all call him Benny Ball, whatever. But, you know, Chapito did ask a question. And, uh, Herman, I'll let you answer first. And then, Sateo, if you'll just follow right back up if we have an answer for this question. So specifically what formation did Ben Olsen employ most successfully and what kind of player characteristics does he like the most talent over hard work or hard work over talent? So the first one, I will phone a friend, which is you. The second one, the second one, I get the feeling after listening to Olsen that he likes the latter. He likes the, the heart over talent. I, I agree. The work, the hard work over the right. talent. So I guess before we let Centel answer, I'll go ahead and say it. The formation that he used was the four-two-three-one, the four-three-three for the most. So but he did it in a more of a not as a proactive formation. And that's that's the change which he talked about in the press conference today that he's gonna have to adapt to adjusting to his style is you want he wants that pat wants the ball to be more on the front foot you know and moving the ball forward a lot a lot quicker than what 
uh, Ben Olsen is used to teaching his DC United players, and they so they 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 played a little more possession and brought the ball up a little bit slower, went 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 a little bit wider, and with, with Pat on said he wants to, you know, he wants to use that Man City that Pep Guardiola Pep Guardiola formation uh, and get the ball up a lot a lot quicker and get it get that attack in, in into play and try to hit those goals and take as many shots as possible. And, he, and Ben said he, he can do it. He's just, he's going to just going to have to work on making that adjustment. Santeo. Yeah. So I had, I had seen the formations that he played, um, seeing some tweets that from some um, DC fans. Oh I yeah. Also please saw enlighten that, us. I saw that a lot of people were saying that he doesn't play. He didn't play exciting football. It was pretty boring. It was a slower buildup, you know, bringing it up, playing very defensive. But uh, a lot of people did say that it was effective at times for breaking down other teams. You know, they did say that four-two-three-one, and then I did see sometimes that he would resort to a four-two, four-four-two. But you know, the way um, Pat has been speaking of, you know, he's gonna have to switch it up when it comes to us because. You know, Pat likes faster ball. Pat likes that 4-3-3 with their wings, you know, moving around. So I want to see how they integrate both the styles that they both want to do and make it one, which honestly, we do need to be better defensively. So I know he's going to somewhat bring that to our team. But at the same time, you know, we're going to be better offensively, hopefully. So a mix of both. You know, it's like the best of both worlds. So hopefully that works out. But I'm excited to see what what actually happens and how they make it happen. And Glenn Davis even brought it up today on the show when we were listening to it earlier. Like, you know, how, you know, Ben's going to be – Ben's got this style. Pat's got this style. And, you know, you don't want – you don't want Lundy to get too – too progress – to get too far up and then get caught in a situation where, we you know, we're getting attacked on and then we're not defending very well. So I think – uh We'll, we'll use a Hannah Montana reference right here. The best of both worlds. Don't ask me why I know that, y'all. But the best of both worlds. Uh, I think. <laughs> I crushed her there so is. hard. Then she just went down yeah. from there, dude. <laughs> there it is. She was the wrecking ball herself, huh? <laughs> she was. Yeah. But you're right. I, I think, Santel, you hit it right there on the floor, uh, right there on the head. It's just, it's going to be the best of both worlds, man. It's it, With his his not so progressive style with Pat's progressive style. They're going to find a happy median. And I, man, I'm you know, the more we talk, the, the more confidence I'm feeling with Benny boy. I, I like it, man. I like it. So any, any other comments on that question while I pull up the other question? Not on my answer. Like it. Yeah. All right. So, the other question that was asked came from Sam, your buddy boy, Sam Juarez. So Sam, man, he said, what should make us excited about hiring Ben Olsen as head coach of the Dynamo? Not asking sarcastic or ironic, but just curious. And Sam, if you made it to this far, a little bit over an hour into the show, I think we've answered your question. But uh, Herman, Santeo, what y'all got on this one? Yeah, experience as a player and as a coach. I think that's the best thing, you know, because he knows what the guys, what's happening with the guys on the field, and he knows what he has to do off the field. So at the end of the day, like, we've been 
we haven't had coaches who have MLS experience at our at our forefront. So now having that, I think that just brings a different approach to everything we're going to do now. So I, I would say that's the best thing he could probably bring to us right now. Yeah, and, and like we touched earlier in this episode, and Santel just touched on now, experience, and he's been a role player in this league before, and he's had success winning as a player and as a coach. But for me, the reason you're excited is because this is a great bridge coach till the next the next one, the real one, gets here and can help us build the roster. So slow and steady, but we'll get there. We're building this thing the right way that's sustainable for the long term, and that's what we should want as fans. Absolutely, man. Like I said, I'm looking forward to it. We're, what, three – I guess we're almost we'll, – we'll just call it three and a half months till opening day, February 25th will be the first game. We don't know who that will be against yet. Uh, I I'm, 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 can't wait, but we'll have that preseason in the early February, a preseason tournament that we always go to or do, and to where we'll actually get to see the boys playing a little bit better. Uh, you know, the boys actually did play – I think it's been about a week and a half now. They they did play against the uh, the U.S. Men's National Team camp. Those players that that aren't on the that aren't solidified on the roster that are trying to still make the U.S. Men's National Team for the World Cup. And I don't know how it happened. But we beat them. So <laughs> I I wish there was a video of that game. Or if there was, someone please send it to me. I want to. I just want to watch it just to see what the heck happened right there. And. Uh, that doesn't sound good for the <laughs> men's national team either. But uh, shit, uh, you know. Speaking of also speaking of the national team, uh, the the roster deadline comes out tomorrow for the World Cup. So you know, uh, anybody that's listening, that that roster does come out, and Glenn Davis will have another show tomorrow, which is Wednesday, the the ninth, and he'll he'll go into deep deep depth about it and of course you know if you follow on twitter there's a bunch of people that'll that'll get into it or if you're in hinchada uh just argue with joey chabala and there'll be plenty of other people that can get into it with you it's uh hinchada's pretty active pretty active lately even though we're in off season it's still pretty friggin' active <laughs> it's crazy man it is but, and yeah. there's been olsen signing you know it makes me wonder you know with this roster we brought in that coach that everybody wanted how successful we would have been you know i know we have achache and coco but and sebas but last year we saw that that wasn't enough you know and i think you ultimately now that i think about it with a cold head it's it might have been a disaster so i i like the signing of a bridge coach to help us build our roster and then we can we can go after uh, more firepower and more stars once we're more stable as a as a as a team, as a roster. I would like to say as well that who knows if Pat and Ted didn't even try to bring in these guys, right? Maybe they did, and all these bigger coaches who have who are known for winning and have a good legacy behind just weren't interested into what we offered, what we had to offer, you know, and they weren't going to come and risk it all here because this is definitely a project. You know, it's not like these big, like these big coaches going to a, a team known to win where if they don't win in the first year that they're, they're out, you know, 
Another so great point. Another excellent point. Because you know, it could have we could have gone out there and actually talked to all these coaches, and they just didn't see enough for them to risk, you know, risk their portfolio coming out here. And what did what did uh what did Pat do? He brought in the best guy he could to get us to there, you know. Maybe that's all we had. And like you like you were saying, he might be the bridge coach. He could pan out, he probably won't completely, but he's definitely gonna put us in a better position. And that's what us as fans will we need to be patient with it. Agreed. And and that's a point that 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 no one mentions. What the hell do we have to offer, you know? And we we because we follow the team closely, you know, we see an owner that's willing to spend and we see three DPs that are can be cornerstones. But is that enough to attract a high caliber coach? Probably not. So that's the well, that's, no. go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, and those high caliber coaches, they're not they've already built their careers up and they're not trying to start over. And that's basically what you're doing if you come to the dynamo at this point right now where we're at in this stage is you're you're starting over, you're building the project up, and it's not a it's a long term project. And some of these other coaches that are like Tata, he's jumping around. He's not staying with anybody long enough to do anything. He goes there. He, he does what he's got to do, and then he gets out and goes on to the next spot. And some of these other coaches, just, you know, they want something that's already established, and to, and they don't have to build with it. They just have to, they just have to put those pieces together and go win. You know, and that's that's probably what the difference is. But you know, like that's that's why I'd labeled Ben Olsen our bridge coach, and he's they're going to get us to that next level to where, like Santel said that. We we go out, we talk to these coaches, and now at least they're interested. And we we do hear a we do hear a rumor. Hey, well, there, there's been talks with Tata Martino, you know, but uh, nothing panned out of it. But he was interested. It just things didn't work, or blah blah blah. But you know, so like he said, we probably did talk to somebody, but it wasn't worth anything of saying. And you know, Daddy Ted and Pat and Ted's uh, dad. We'll just call him Daddy. Pat, <laughs> mixing up my two people right there. He doesn't let secrets out. He keeps his suitcase closed and nobody knows the passcode to it. So he doesn't tell you what he's doing. Uh, his secretary must be pretty good at uh, keeping his itinerary off the internet. Or he's got a fake ID. <laughs> but, you know, all right, well, I'm right back to that point where we hand it back off to you. Uh, the only thing I do like to say is, you know, Herman, I already told you, please listen, please rate, please follow. Go check us out on all the sources, Instagram, Twitter, and all that good stuff. Uh, you know, give a shout-out to Senteo. He does our edits all the time, and they're always they're always fire. Go listen to the other podcasts as well. You're, you're, you're getting different information from all of them, Dynamo Theory, Dynamo Faithful, who's spending time with Glenn Davis right now. Well, not no more. Their show's over tonight. Uh, you know, Dynapod. Uh, who's got Joey stats on his show now. So he's got a partner, uh, you know, generation orange is taking a break, but they'll be back strong next season. There's just, there's a lot of good information out there. Sorry if I missed y'all keeping tabs. I know you're there. And, uh, hopefully dynamo fan TV will, will come back if you're listening and you got memes out there always with the memes. And I saw a post where he's got his stickers ready for next season and he's got his posters ready for next season. So, has give everybody some props and give everybody some shout outs. And, you know, 
thank you all for y'all's support. And we're going to keep going, man. We're going to keep going. So, like Armando said, y'all got anything y'all want us to talk about? Throw us some content. We'll put something together. We'll give you a show or we'll give you a shit show. No, I'm just kidding. We'll do our best as always. Armando? Thank you, fans. Thank you, listeners. And thank you, Santeo and Pupas, for joining us tonight. OSG, it's always a pleasure, bro. This is so much fun. It's, it's good to get together during the offseason. Hopefully, the start before of... We... Yeah, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, before before we do our outage, uh, you know, Santeo, you got anything you want to say? Any, anybody you want to give a shout-out to? And again, thank you for your edits, as always. Just appreciate you guys having me on, man. It's always fun here talking with you both and all the other guys who come on here. And, I mean, y'all keep me busy. It's fun making edits. <laughs> it's always fun making edits for sure. But, um, yeah, anytime y'all need anything, y'all know I'm here. Just reach out. And I'm just waiting for the season to start back up. You know, I'm excited. Who's not? You know, we're excited at the beginning of the year every year. So, the community is only going to get bigger, and it's, it starts with us, right? Absolutely. Uh, you know, sorry if I'm trying to sell you on the side sometimes. I just feel feel bad for some of these other people who can't do their own damn edits and shit. I'm like, you know, oh, shit, I'm going to keep my mouth shut. I'm not going to give my, my my editor away. He's doing a great job for us. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I at the same time, I'm trying to get – I'm trying to get you paid too at the same time, trying to figure out like these other guys, everybody come together, friggin' we, we make it worth your while. I know, I know you said it's worth your while now, but yeah, keep shooting are, my way, man. I don't mind, trust me, it's fun. Let's do it. We'll get everybody a new logo to put on their damn Twitter handle. <laughs> <laughs> and our Instagram page, every every post it has Santel's Instagram account, so you can slide to them DMs too. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, no, we appreciate the work, man. Good, good stuff. And every every Instagram post we post was created by you. So great work, and and thank you so much. But you know, here at Dynalytics, we're still working hard, including during the off season. We'll keep you posted. So stay tuned. Any updates on the team? We'll definitely release an episode, and hopefully, we'll do a Twitter space soon to talk about Ben Olsen and your reactions to this episode and and the signings and the roster moves, but. You know, in Dynalytics, how we do it, OSG, we forever, we are forever orange, and we always hold it down for H-Town. H is up. Hey, the type of lose when we in the race. Hey, we up in the place, and we gon' put it in a face. Let them know, Houston Dynamo. Houston Dynamo. Houston Dynamo. Houston Dynamo. Hey, the type of lose when we in the race. Hey, we up in the place, and we gon' put it in a face.